announcements, praises, and prayer requests. First thing I want to do before we start, I want to open in a word of prayer. Uh, Father God, I love you and I thank you for this day. And Lord, I thank you for the mercy and the blessings that you gave us this week. I thank you, Lord, that uh, we've been able to see you work through people this week. Uh, we've heard witnesses of of those who've traveled and and seen you work your hands in places that most folks wouldn't believe. And Lord, we've heard uh, tales on the of the revival that's still going on that sparked in Kentucky. And Lord, that has spread throughout the United States and across the world. Lord, we realize that you're working. We pray, God, that you will incorporate us into your work, that we'll be willing participants in the carrying of the gospel and the expansion of the kingdom. Lord, we love you. I ask you to bless this time we are together. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, before I go any further, I have a note that was written and left up here and it says, Pastor Jerry, I would still rather be a losing Tar Heel than a Duke fan. <laughs> and over it says, they cheated. Well... You know, I, I knew who put that note there, but uh, I want to ask a question. On the bottom of an exterior door, there is this rubber piece that goes on the bottom of it. Do you know what it's called? A sweep. <laughs> That's all I got to say. <laughs> all right, so uh, anyway, with that being said, uh, praises, prayer requests, and announcements. March the 7th, Tuesday at 7 p.m., the men and women's meeting for the barbecue fundraiser plans will be in the fellowship hall. Uh, so that'll be Tuesday at 7. Uh, March the 19th at 3 p.m. Sunday, uh, there will be a baby shower for Courtney. Sign-up sheet. Is it, in the, is it back there yet? No, not yet. It will be back there after tomorrow. Oh, okay. All right. There'll be, there eventually will be a sign-up sheet back there uh, for finger foods in the foyer, and it is a girl. Um, uh, April the 21st will be our annual barbecue fundraiser. Are there any other announcements? Praises and prayer requests. Updates, additions, praises. Uh, I have a praise. I'm standing here and I get to look at a young man who I witnessed be baptized not too long ago and it's a praise to stand here and see him uh, with that glow about him. So yes, uh, that is a praise. Uh, any others? Finish it out. That's my nephew. <laughs> that's a, that, 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 there's a proud uncle back there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, any others? John? This one was more than um, a prayer for Karen Bristol. Not building the That's a canary's all right. right. And then um, there was praise for a beautiful day. All right. Amen. It is a beautiful day. Uh, Andrew, you know, Roger Nan. Yeah, Roger Nan. They are suffering from, I think, polonitis is the way to put it. Uh, it, came, that, it came early. Uh, And any other? It's Kathleen. We can take Jesse Grimley off of his prayer list. We pray for her. She's a young mother. She had blood clots in her lungs. She is home and healed. Amen. Yes, ma'am. Um, can we pray for our, our friend and neighbor, Mary Ann? Mm -hmm. She just was diagnosed with uh, stage 4 cancer, cancer in the intestines, liver, and blood. Okay. Some of you might know um, her husband, Glenn, who lives around here. He wants the white golden retriever baby and that's that's you know, that's okay okay and we will definitely pray for any others I will praise the Lord for getting me through last weekend I started getting sick and pretty sick and so this week and just thinking you're getting through that week and also just had a lot of um, prayer requests amen amen um I have an update on David Kennedy. Um, seen him yesterday morning. Uh, he actually can drive from his house to the store and back. Uh, anywhere other than that, he has to have somebody to show for him. Um, he said it was going to be a long road to recovery. Um, 
but he is he's getting out and about. He said it, it was about uh, what do you say? About four weeks before you could even walk. Wasn't it? It was something like that. Uh, but he's a, he looks good to look at David. You wouldn't know anything wrong with him. Uh, but he is uh, he's recuperating. He's got a long way to go. Uh, they still going haven't decided what they're going to do with a skull fracture. Uh, and so uh, the two surgeries that he had, he said, were painful. And the other ones that they want to do, he said, if this is any of the pain related to that, I don't know that I'm going to do it. So uh, just keep David in your prayers as he's healing. Um, and so uh, that's an update on him. Um, any others? Kim Chandler, that's correct, yes. Um, keep Kim in your, and Todd in your prayers. Um, Kim is, is in a battle. That's all I can say. She's in a battle. Um, and uh, so keep lifting her up. Uh, so, any others? Any, any word on the uh, lady that was put on the prayer list last week? Uh, she did an intensive care for two months. The what now? Yes. No, I haven't. I hadn't heard any of the update. What is her name? Uh, her name was Emily something. Let's see. Church. Okay. Yeah, she's um, doing much better. Okay. Um, she's off to um, treating Okay. Okay, because the last we had heard it, they were talking about the whole foot. And so if it's down to some of the toes, that's excellent. Yeah, it is a little quiet. She has two little kids. Right. Yeah. Emma Upchurch, that's the name. Yeah. Jerry, um, just to remind everybody that I do cards. So if there's anybody that leaves my cards, Right, right. Yes, if you would like a card sent, uh, give Diane the address and she'll get it in the mail. Any other praises, prayer requests? Beautiful day. A beautiful day. Oh yeah, the traveling mercies. Uh, James. Uh, James got home. I'm assuming last night. Uh, Todd had put a post that they would probably be in rich back in Robinson County at about three o'clock this morning. So uh, James is probably an hour ahead of that. Um, so. Um, He's probably sleeping away. They had a they had a long wait in Miami yesterday on the way home. So um, keep they got home safe. That's the main thing. Uh, they had a great week. Um, they they saved the, or got to witness the salvation. So it was good. Uh, any other praises, prayer requests, Kathleen? Amen. Amen. He should have said something. When we sang happy birthday, we could have mentioned it. I'm not going to sing it again because these people want to be able to hear these great musicians up here. I don't want to ruin it for anybody. Um, if there's no others, then we'll go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, Father God, we love you and we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity we have to come together uh, corporately and lay our prayers and, and concerns at your feet, Lord, and know that our brothers and sisters in Christ are going to lift them up. Uh, Lord, we just know that you're, you're uh, the one who answers the prayers. You're the only one who knows the whole situation. For those that are grieving, that have lost loved ones, Lord, we lift them up to you and you're the only one who can heal a broken heart. You're the only one who can comfort them. We ask you to draw near to them, Lord, and, and wrap your arms around them and let them feel your presence as they grieve. Lord, we ask you to be with those that are facing life-altering decisions and, and life-altering diagnosis, Lord, we lift them up to you and, and, and let them seek comfort in you, Lord, and guide what medicines and what the doctors need to do so that it will advance your kingdom and for your glory. Lord, we lift up those that are going home, that have been under the weather and are able to get out of the hospital and go home. And Lord, we lift up... Uh, 
Emma up church as she continues to make progress Lord and we just ask you to continue to bless her and, and shine your healing grace upon her and Lord we know that you and you alone are the healer and the great physician I ask you Lord to open up this word to us bless this, this time we have together Lord I ask you to use it for your glory in Jesus name I pray Amen Offertory hymn is 156.
Valley. We want to thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you for our church and our church members and those that are visiting, Lord. Uh, so grateful for all the things you provide us every day. Um, Lord, continue to watch over us. Watch over our first responders and our military. Protect our country, Lord. Uh, Lord, we thank you so much for all you do with it. With, uh, um, with the blessings you provide us. Lord, we love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
Um, if you have your Bibles, turn to Acts um, chapter 7. Uh, I'm gonna, while you're turning, I'm going to give you a little history. Uh, you know, last week I preached from the book of Acts and um, we talked about uh, the proof. You know, the, there was plenty of proof and all you had to do was look around and you could see the proof of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Well, you move on. Uh, with victory sometimes comes trouble. And so uh, you see that the church was growing and, and they had the people moaning and groaning because they weren't being served. And so they elected, uh, had the congregation to elect deacons. And so they chose these seven deacons and they sent them, they went about to, to serving the congregation. And uh, they were strong. They asked them that, that one of the criteria be that they're strong in the spirit. And so one of such person was a Stephen. We all know about Stephen. And, uh, and so also through through uh, in victory there is victory through tragedy which we're going to hear about here in a little bit but uh Stephen we know the story he's preaching and uh the Sanhedrin's out there and they are the religious leaders at the time and uh he calls them out i mean he walks from genesis all the way to the present and he called them a bunch of stiff neck uh Let's see, what is it? Let me see if I can back up here. Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and your ears, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost. So he, he's putting them to it. He, he's telling them like it is. And so what happens is, is you wind up uh, in verse 54. It's where it starts. And, it's, and it starts out with these, these, these guys, are, they're tore up. I mean, he called their sin to them. And they thought that because of their statue, they could disown their sin. Their sin didn't matter. Uh, they put on airs. And so, uh, in 52 it says, uh, Which of the prophets have ye not your fathers persecuted? In verse 52 of chapter 7. They said, Now, uh, not your fathers persecuted, and, which none, and they have slain them which showed before of the coming of the just one of whom ye have been now the betrayers and murderers. So he said, your forefathers put the prophets to death just like you have put the just one to death. And that cut them to the end. And then here's the, he's going to fire them up even worse. Uh, and they're getting angry. And who have received the law uh, by the disposition of an angels and have not kept it. So they got the law. They know the law. They received it from God through angels. And yet they haven't kept it. And so in verse 54, we're going to get started here. And so it says, uh, it says, And when they had heard these things, they were cut to the heart. And they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their, ear, or stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen calling upon God and and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And as he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not their sin on their charge. And then he, said, he had said this, he fell asleep. And Saul was consenting unto his death. And at the time, there was a great persecution against the church which was in Jerusalem, and they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea, Samaria, uh, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to, the, to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and, um, and hailing men and women committed them to prison. Therefore they, uh, the, uh, therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Let's pray. 
Father God, I love you and I thank you for this day. Lord, I ask you to open these verses up to us. Lord, I ask you to allow us to, to understand what's going on here. Out of tragedy comes victory. Lord, we love you. I ask it in Jesus' holy name. Amen. So, uh, the pinpoint of Stephen. Stephen took went straight, it'd be like going to the Supreme Court or standing in front of the, uh, here's the best, being called to testify before Congress in, in our country today. And you stand there, you sit there, and you start calling out every sin of everyone there. It didn't matter which side of the fence they were on. <coughs> See, here we have Republican, Democrats, Independents. There they had Sadducees and Pharisees. Sadducees thought this is all there was. Pharisees, they believed in the resurrection of the body at some point. But Sadducees just thought this was it. You fell, you laid in the field like the beast of the animals. And so anyway, uh, and you start cutting, you stone, you did this. You did this. Not only you, but your party represents this. Your forefathers did this. All of you, da-da-da-da-da, and he's laying it out. And what is their reaction? They get angry. They start gnashing of teeth. You know how many times gnashing of teeth is heard in the Bible? And every time that it's heard, it refers to hell. Think about it. He said when there's people moaning and groaning and wailing and gnashing of teeth in hell. And they refuse to submit. The Sanhedrin refused to submit to the Holy Spirit. So they're hell driven. And it says that when he started saying these things, when he said he saw Jesus standing in heaven... At the right hand of God, that had to cut them to the heart. Because at that time, Jesus was crucified on the cross and that was a curse. And the Sanhedrin and the, and the Jewish leaders at the time believed that if you were cursed, you would no way enter heaven. That you would not. And so, uh, they plugged their ears, that's blasphemy, blasphemy. And then they all rushed him at one time. They drug him out of the city. Everything about the, or the crucifixion of Christ and everything about the stoning of Stephen was illegal by the Sanhedrin. They did not follow their own precepts and laws. Remember, they arrested Jesus at night. There's supposed to be no action taken at night. Here, they rushed him, drug him outside the city and stoned him. They never had a trial. You can't do that until after a trial. They didn't have any regard for the Roman law. They didn't have any regard for the people of Israel. All they were worried about was their high class, high pollutant, high society. These men were the top elite. They had the best clothes. They had the best education. And yet they went right down to being savages and drugged this man outside the city. Usually it was a time when you would stone somebody. You would get them so many paces outside the place they were going to stone. <coughs> and it was appropriate for them to question the uh, accused and have them uh, confess to whatever crime it was. That didn't happen with Stephen. And then they would mark them a little bit closer to the place and while they were stripping the clothes off of them, they would shove them, somebody would shove them from behind over into the place that was too... The, the height of the place for the stoning was supposed to be two heights of a man. And if they survived the fall, then they would stone by first by dropping a big rock on his head. That's the way the procedure was supposed to work. It didn't happen. They stoned him in the street. See, they were being guided by hell rather than by the Holy Ghost. They had rejected the Holy Ghost when they crucified Christ. What did Christ say? He said, I will not return to you until this nation says, Oh Lord my God. They were on their own. He had turned them over. They had been turned over to their own desires. And so Stephen had revealed the seriousness, the seriousness of those people, not only them, but those who go along with them's crimes, their sins. See, we have today, we have people who just want to push off the sins of today. The sins of today are the same sins that Solomon talked about at the end when he says there's nothing new under the sun. All the sins we have today are the same sins that have been ever since they took a bite of the apple and, or whatever fruit it was and walked out of the garden. It's just dressed up different. Pride. Pride. 
pride. That's the root of all of it. I think I know more than Who does God think He is telling me that I can't do this? Who does God think He is telling me I can be what I want to be? The people thought that their actions disowned their guilt. By them stoning Stephen and rushing him and dragging him out and killing him, they thought that cleared them. Think about it. Have you ever been in a situation where you were wrong and you thought you had covered it up, you had a secret in your heart, and somebody accused you of exactly what you knew that you didn't want nobody to know? What happens to you? What is your first, what is your first reaction? Fear. Oh, no. What am I going to do? What happens when fear comes? The next thing is blame. You want to blame somebody. After that, what happens? Separation. You want to get away from them. That's the same thing happens with sin. Fear, separation, and blame. Look at Adam. What did he do? He hid himself. He was afraid to come out when God walked through the garden. And then when he had the conversation, what did he do? He blamed Eve. He said, no, he blamed God. He said, the woman you gave me. He didn't just say, you know, Eve caused me to eat this fruit. He said, the woman you gave me. He blamed God himself for him sealing, sinning. Isn't that what we do? Isn't that what we do? Don't we blame God eventually for what we do? Well, Lord, if you would have been, had your hand on me, I'd have never done this. He's got his hand on you, but he's not an oppressive God. He's not. And so they did, They thought that their actions by them rushing Stephen and gnashing their teeth, covering their ears and not... Look, they were like children. You ever told a child something and what did they do? Uh, I don't want to hear it. There are adults today that do the same thing. Adults still... They'll cover their ears. Ah, no, I ain't listening to this. I'm done. Don't want to hear it. I'm guilty of it. When I get enough, I've had enough. I sit. I turn off. But the groaning, the people could not escape the conviction of guilt that was produced by Stephen's preaching. Our preaching should produce guilt. Our preaching should cause people to be cut to the quick. Cut to the heart. We shouldn't sugarcoat this message that God has gave us. Now, there's a difference. Stephen didn't say it with an attitude. He preached it with love. Did not your forefathers kill the prophets? Are not you killing the prophets? You stiff-necked people, what is wrong with you? When you put the truth out there, let it sit. When you see somebody preaching the gospel or sharing a, sharing a message with someone and there's some person starting to squirm and squeal, don't go up and put your arm around them and say it's going to be alright. It might not be. That's between them and God. Don't become their providence. Let God be their providence. And today, our society wants to be coddled. You know, I, I don't think the kids today could have made it coming up when I did. You know, you get hurt, you know what they told you to do? Walk it off. I mean, you can lay there with a bone stuck out of your leg. Oh, get up, you'll be alright, walk it off. Men don't cry. Yes, they do. Toughen up, boy, toughen up. When I played baseball, they lined us up against the backstop and threw baseballs at us so we wouldn't be afraid of the ball. They did that the day people be in jail. Toughen up, toughen up, be tough. Don't let them know you're weak. And we got spanked. Newsflash. I pretty much got it about every day. That's because I was a boy. And I, if my dad told me, don't go near a water hole. He might as well have said, get in it, because that's where I was headed. There was some reason he didn't want me there, and I wanted to find out why. But see, that's the way it is. God lays us some sins down. Lays us some things that we're not supposed to do. We're not supposed to look at other women in lust. We're not supposed to look at other men in lust. 
There's some beautiful women out there. And I'm sure there's some beautiful guys, I just don't recognize them. <laughs> and the guilt, the guilt, the guilt gets you. It gets you. And we come up with all kind of cliches to kind of go back up to the first point I was making, the pinpointing of sin. Trying to disavow and disown our guilt. Have we come so callous that the little sins, the little ones, you know, the ones that we don't feel like Jesus has time to hear when we say our prayers at night. Oh, I forgot. I took that pen from the office. Oh, you know, the lady gave me too much change back when I bought my lunch. I needed, and that's on her. Those things, those things. I would bet you if you were shortchanged, you would make a note. But these are the things that we do. They, they had done major things, and yet they were disavow disavowing them. I mean, what if we were running an organization under the guise of being, being a Christian-based organization, and yet we were ripping people off? That's what the Sanhedrin was doing. They were ripping people off left and right. They have the problem that we have in some churches today is we have people and churches that are operating under the guise of Christianity who don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit and God. And that's dangerous. That's dangerous. Because what's going to happen, there's a bunch of people going to get led astray. And they're all going to be in hell burning. And they're going to look over there at him and say, you did this to me. And he's going to say, no, you did it to yourself. You should have known better. That's why it's important to read the Word of God. That's why it's important to make sure that what the preacher's preaching is biblical. And to see, if he's standing up here and he doesn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ and he's preaching things for you to do and it's wrong, I have to believe, I know it doesn't say that, I have to believe there's a little part of hell that's a little bit worse and a little bit hotter and that's where they're going to go for leading those people astray. Because what does it say? In the Bible it tells you if you lead one of my little ones astray, it would have been better than you have never been born. Who is the little ones? You're here. You were here. When Jesus said, don't withhold the little ones from coming to me, it wasn't just the children. It was the adults too. You would be surprised at the adults that will try to hinder somebody from coming to see somebody who's got what they're looking for. Oh man, you don't need that. That's all hypocrisy. Oh, you don't need that. That's all archaic. That's superstitious. Well, I'm going to tell you what. I've, I've read about superstition and I've read about the Word of God and I have yet to see a superstitious person Die, be buried, and rise again. Hang around for 40 some days and then ascend to heaven. That's not superstition, that's fact. That's fact. Trust me, in 2023 years, you don't think they could have done away with that? If there was anything other than fact, do you not think they would have discredited it by now? They're still trying to run the same old scam that they did back when Jesus first rose from the dead. The disciples took the body. That's amazing, isn't it? Where is the body? It ain't here. It's in heaven. And so, through tragedy, what happened? It says Saul started persecuting the church. Now we all know who Saul winds up becoming. But he started right then. He stood there and held cloaks, the jackets of those throwing the rocks. He didn't tell them to stop. He didn't say, whoa, we're jumping the gun here. He just stood there and watched. And had he not had an armload of coats, I guarantee you he'd have thrown rocks. And then he went about breaking into people's houses, dragging them out and putting them in prison for blasphemy. And then he took papers and he traveled all over the place trying to do the same. And on one of his journeys, we know the story later on in Acts. 
But what happened was, was all those folks had stayed and tarried in Jerusalem. And then when this happened, when they stoned Stephen and they started going after the Christian, what did they do? They scattered. Where did they go? It tells us here they went to Judea and Samaria and other places preaching the word. See, the stoning, they stoned the messenger and the death was the beginning of persecution used by God for the spreading of the gospel. Every time the church is persecuted, the gospel spreads. Every time that God's people are persecuted, the gospel spreads. We're being persecuted in this country softly now. It's becoming more and more out in the open, but it's been going on for 40 years, 50 years. The persecution of God's church. It, we have been relegated to second class citizens. Why do you think revivals breaking out across our country? Persecution of the messenger, the messenger's death was the beginning of persecution. Persecution is used of God for the spreading of the gospel. There is nothing haphazard about this. Our job is to spread the gospel. That's our job. That's our calling. And then we know what happened. You know, uh, it says, Then Philip went to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And they gave heed. The people in Samaria, remember, they're the ones who weren't supposed to be any good. They were the ones that the Jews looked down on. And they paid heed and gave themselves over to Christ. And then it was scattered from there and spread from there. Everywhere they were spread, the gospel went. Had not Paul been arrested in Rome, he might have made it to the United States because he was on his way to England and France and Spain. He was going to preach the gospel everywhere he went. God told him he couldn't go to Asia, so he went the other way. He had a plan for him. He preached in Rome in the midst of all that was going on. People being persecuted. People being put to death. He's converting those around him to the gospel of Jesus Christ. The, the gospel is a powerful message. A powerful message. And so when you're being persecuted, remember, the gospel spreading. God may be using you through whatever you have going on in your life to spread the gospel. How we respond has a lot to do with it. I don't know that I could respond like Stephen. Don't know. I, I, I still have some fight in me. But wouldn't that be amazing to be able to I see God. I see Jesus at His right hand. And Lord, I commend you my soul and please don't hold them accountable for killing me. That's a powerful message. A powerful message. We, most of us, we believe in an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. You hurt me, I'm going to hurt you. And we've come with some unique ways to, to spin the word, to, to make it fit our own desires. I have been guilty of that. I had a man that wanted to, wanted to hit me and told me he had a right to hit me and I was a Christian and I should offer up the other cheek. I told him, yeah, you can hit me and I'll offer up the other cheek. I said, but you better go back and read that word because it don't tell me what to do with my hands while you hit me. I said, it does say that if you ill, lay hands on you. Now, I'll lay hands on you. Your tongue hangs out about that far. And that ended that conversation. But I've grown since then. I'd let him hit me in the face and I'd turn it up the other way. 
was wrong and I had to spend time on my knees asking forgiveness. And today, that's what we need to do. Are we, are we persecuting ourselves with our actions? Are we, are we stoning other Christians because their sin's different than ours? Are we sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ? Are we sharing it because of the messenger's death? Are we sharing the gospel out of habit? Are we sharing the gospel out of a a desire to see others saved? There's a difference. Remember, we talked about Wednesday night in our Bible study. We're going to stand before God and our motives behind our actions are going to be laid bare. It's going to be laid bare. It's not just what you did. It's why you did it. Why you did it. Did I do this so I could receive this? Or did I do this because I don't like this and that good thing? All that's going to be laid out there. God already knows it. And He's going to lay it before you so you can see it. Those things that we have hidden deep down inside of us. You know when we ask Jesus to come and live in our hearts. That little one room that if we had him come to our house, that you can go anywhere and make yourself at home. Not there. Because if you open that door, the stuff's going to fly out on you. You might be killed in an avalanche. Those are the things that we have buried. Those are the things that Christ already knows. Those are the things that we need to confess. So that when the enemy comes and starts calling out the seriousness of our sins, we won't be like those in hell, start gnashing our teeth and respond by gang rushes and stoning people. We can respond, but, you know, I've already confessed he's Jesus Christ and He forgave me. Satan, your arrow has no sting on me. See, that's why we call to confess our sins. So that the darts of Satan will not pierce us. So that they won't hurt. And none of us like hurt. None of us. So if you're here today and you have hurt in your life for whatever reason, if the church has hurt your feelings, if your mom and daddy's hurt your feelings, if your co-workers have hurt your feelings, if our government has hurt your feelings, whoever's hurt your feelings, today is the day to let it go. The only person, if you're carrying a grudge, if you're carrying a grudge, the only person that knows you're carrying that grudge is you. Why are you letting them live in your heart and your head for free? Evict them. Evict them. Come and lay it at the cross. Give it to Jesus. The foot of the cross is the answer to what ails you. Whether it's your salvation, whether it's your future, whether it's your past, whatever it is, the foot of the cross is where the answer lies for everything in this life. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I love you. Lord, I thank you for this day. Lord, I ask you to touch the hearts that are here and mine also. Lord, let us be true to you. Let us have the wisdom and the strength and the courage to confess to you all things. So that when we are confronted with our sins in public, 